Welcome to the Venley Expert Talks, where we aim to inspire Web3 builders with great stories from great minds. I'm your host, Alexandra Ahrens, and I'd like to remind you that you can always reach out to us on Twitter, Discord, or LinkedIn with ideas for the podcast and questions for our guests. Welcome to episode 24 of the Venley Expert Talks. Today I'm joined by Harold Ayton, CEO of Particle, and we are going to discuss ways to leverage NFT technology to democratize the experience of fine art. Welcome, Harold. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Thanks. Um, let's start right off. I want to know about your background in life and how you got started. Um, sure. So I was um, I was born and raised in Geneva, Switzerland. Uh, my mother's uh, Italian. My father was born in Syria, but kind of left at an early age and moved a lot throughout his uh, his life before settling in Switzerland. Myself, um, you know, I moved to London to get my degree in history and economics from UCL. I then did a master's in management science and innovation, um, which kind of brought me this expertise on how to foster innovation within organizations, um, keeping kind of this emphasis on feedback loops, etc. And I really started my career at Rocket Internet, um, a big German venture studio, if you want, or incubator. Uh, and I was part of their global venture development arm, which was tasked really with analyzing um, business models, mainly from the US and replicated them in Europe and emerging markets. Um, so not very well liked uh, in the startup scene of like 10 years ago. Um, because, you know, we, we were seen as copycats, but the, the ethos there was really that anybody can have a very good idea, but execution is key, especially um, given the nuances of different geographies, markets, uh, regulations, etc. So really what it taught me was how to build teams from scratch, uh, a lot of learnings as well on how I would do things differently. Um, and, uh, and, and that kind of brought me to a more entrepreneurial journey after that um, for three years, launching a, a business in the direct-to-consumer food space. Um, which we then pivoted to um, to a B two B model, um, and um, and then um, I joined. I was the first employee at Newman, which is um, a med tech business in the UK, um, focused on you know giving improving men's lives by a better access to healthcare, specifically for men because of this gender health gap that exists where men don't kind of seek as much. Um, medical, uh, let's say assistance as, uh, as, uh, as women. And, um, and that business, you know, grew to a, a couple hundred thousand patients when I left in the middle of last year, it's the leading men's health startup or, or scale up really, uh, in Europe. And it's based on that hymns Roman peer model in the U S so, you know, in the same kind of spirit as what I was doing in, uh, at rocket. But of course it was necessary to figure out how to adapt that to the UK market and the nuances there. And so it's funny as, you know, uh, I've always had to, you know, the, 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 and I think a lot of people, right. They leverage kind of a peer model, um, to, 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 to inspire themselves when they, when they build, uh, businesses or these best practices, but in the NFT space, there's really no established peer model or, or very few. And I think the best practices are currently being devised, uh, but we're still in the infancy of the space. So, um, I think, you know, a lot more creativity is required here and that's, um, you know, new to me um yeah <laughs> yeah okay so how did you move into the blockchain space yes so, um i so i was involved passively as a as a kind of an investor since i don't probably 2016 um but this is you know like i said it's my first time my first full-time project in the space 
Um, so I was brought on by, um, by the founders of, uh, of Particle, um, Philip Aten, who's my brother, who's a founder and, um, and, and, uh, chairman of Voyager Digital, the, um, crypto brokerage out in the U S. Um, and, uh, Oscar Salazar, the former, um, former uh, co-founder and CTO of Uber, as well as Louis Guzer, who used to run Christie's Contemporary Art, and then Adam and Shingo Levine, this father and son duo that launched Ethos.io. They're the blockchain experts, and they, um, you know, they they sold their business to Voyager, and that's how that connection came. And that group of people came together and said, you know, we're the perfect kind of team to be able to um, uh, bring to life this idea of democratizing um, fine art ownership through through NFTs. Um, and I was brought on as kind of, you know, in order to run the business day to day and, and, and actually take it from idea to, uh, you know, to launch. Um, so my, my expertise there is really building teams, solving problems, the operations of a business, how to nav- navigate re- uh, regulation. Um, I think most notable there was really um, the healthcare regulation that I need to be very conscious of at Newman, of course, very highly regulated space. You're dealing with people's health and, and their lives, right? And Consumer healthcare has been reinvigorated, I would say, by the coming of new technologies and better access. But regulation, as is often the case, has been slow to react. So knowing where to push the envelope and when to remain cautious is kind of an important balancing act that we had to uh, focus on in making the business the success that it it was today. So I think, you know, in this crypto NFT space, there really isn't much regulation. Uh, And that's very tricky to navigate. There's no clear guidelines on, on, you know, what to, you know, no clear guidelines on what you can, cannot do. Uh, And I think that fuels creativity, which is great, but it also means that regulators are going to and currently are coming in and starting to deep dive into certain projects, concepts. Um, But I think the good thing is that they are partnering, those regulators are partnering with or will partner with experts in the space or with those projects that they're looking into themselves to come up with these these new guidelines. So... um, you know, at, at Particle, we've taken an approach that is one of, I would say, like calculated caution. Um, you know, we're building a business really for the long term and we're dealing with important cultural artifacts uh, or masterpieces. And we, we can't really allow ourselves to um, do something that is irresponsible and that could, you know, jeopardize the, 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 um, the preservation of, of, of this art. So we, need to, we needed to build something, a structure um, that will stand the test of time. And I think, um, I think we found it's a creative, it was a very creative process. Um, this particleization process, which is both a technical one, but also a legal one. And I think we found that sweet spot that allows us to, to achieve that goal. Yeah, we're definitely going to cover that a little bit more in detail. Um, but for now, for anyone that doesn't know what particle is, maybe you can give us a quick overview of. Yeah. So I would say Particle champions the establishment of a new art curator and collector class and empowers them to collectively shape the future of fine art. How do we do that? It's really by fractionalizing fine art, making it more collectible and more accessible to this wider audience. Each piece, each we call them each NFT, we call them particles, uh, grants its owner access to this community powered museum and a voice basically in the governance of that museum and, and what, what is the future of that collection. And we do that leveraging blockchain to onboard more people into the fine art collecting, to, co- collecting space. So if you want the, 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 
the idea was, or the idea, the, the, yeah, the concept is that fine art is, um, was made by humanity's genius uh, and made for the um, it, it, and made for the benefit of uh, you know the whole population. What's come you know what 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 it is now is that a lot of these fine art masterpieces are in free ports and warehouses around the world, and and they're never actually seen by anybody. Um, and so you know uh, they're there probably you know for investment purposes for for tax reasons. But there's a but there's there's definitely um a gap there where all the, oh, there's there's all this art that's unattainable to a lot of people and on top of that you have this concept of uh in um, ownership enhances your enjoyment of art uh and loic often gives this example that if you're if you're at the um ica in chicago and you see warhol's marilyn monroe you can you know you you, you will appreciate you'll see it's a beautiful work uh, but if Ken Griffin, who owns it and loaned it to the museum, is next to you, he will enjoy that much more. And that's the final piece of the puzzle, if you want, in 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 the experience of fine art. It's that ownership. It's almost like a chemical reaction in your brain, but it makes that world of a difference. And that's what we're trying to um, to 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 you know to give to people. So practically speaking, what do we do? You have a work of art. Um, so we bought um, a Banksy at auction last year, uh, Love is in the Air from Sotheby's. And uh, for those who don't know, it's, uh, I'm sure you, you, you've, you've seen the image before. It's the protagonist throwing a bouquet of flowers rather than a Molotov cocktail, kind of as this peaceful, beautiful revolution, which is actually quite synonymous with what we're trying to do. We're not trying to disrupt crazily anything. We're just offering a, a, a beautiful alternative to the status quo, if you want. Um, so, so we bought that, 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 that painting. And if you imagine a grid of a hundred by a hundred, um, which makes 10,000 unique plots on that painting, um, each plot of land represents uh, minority ownership in the painting. And, uh, and, and we, you know, visually, how does the, so these are all ERC 721, uh, NFTs and, um, and, and visually, what do they look like? A collector's card showing you the whole painting, um, with you know triangulating exactly where your particle is on the on the whole painting, your coordinates, serial number, and some information about about the work of art as well. What does it represent as well? On top of ownership is really your ability to um, make decisions on what is being done with um, with these works of art that are being held by the foundation, which I think you're we're going to talk about a little later on. Yeah. Good. I mean, yeah, we've got a lot to go through in every every step of the way here. So, actually, if you want to tell us more about the Banksy sale now, that would be that would be great. Uh, so, yeah, you know, we we so we bought this Banksy in May, uh, built the the technology to to you know the smart contract etc to be able to drop it, and uh, the way we launched was at Art Basel in Miami. Uh, we did a partnership with the ICA. Uh, the ICA in Miami, and uh, and did a kind of during Art Basel had a had an event there, a launch party where it was the first time that the work was was exposed exposed uh, exhibited, excuse me, and um, and the turnout was amazing. You had um, you know traditional art collectors, NFT collectors, crypto enthusiasts, uh, you know just general folk who who fans of Banksy. Um, investors, artists, and uh, a, a very unique mix of people that usually you wouldn't 
have in the same space. And I think that's what a lot of people love about art is that it brings people together, but it's not often that you are put in a situation where you can actually um, experience those different people from different walks of life actually interacting with each other. Art world sticks to themselves. The crypto world sticks to themselves. And so mixing that together, I th- the feedback we got from everybody was uh, was amazing. We had a few notable people there, like Beeple um, came over too, which was which was cool. Um, and, uh, and then following that, we moved the painting to a, a space in New York, uh, self-hosted in, uh, in, in Soho. And that was, um, uh, six week, six week exhibition that ended with the, the drop of the, the sale, if you want, of the particles. Um, and there it's kind of where we showcased a, a little bit more about how we want to engage more with, uh, or want to allow people to engage more with the art. So it was a beautiful space, of course. And then we also had kind of these, um, we, we had blank walls with a bunch of spray paint cans and anybody could come and spray paint on the walls and, and actually kind of create their own art, if you want, within the space. And, and actually, you know, it's, it's all about spray paint, Banksy, right? Um, you know, guests, guest spray painters coming in and, 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 and doing their own art on there as well. So trying to make the whole experience of going to see art more inclusive, more engaging and have people interact with the art at a, a, just a little more than you would if you were just going to a museum and you had it in front of you and you had an audio tape in your ear or something. Now, what was missing there was that they didn't have that ownership puzzle piece that I was talking about yet, um, which is what people are going to get uh, uh, now that they're able to vote with their their NFTs on what we do with the art. So we had a couple of weeks ago uh, a vote on uh, 11 U.S. cities. We're starting with the U.S. Uh, and L.A. was the winner. So the first week of June, we're, um, we are, uh, we're hosting an, an exhibit uh, at a gallery in, in, in L.A. And it's going to be a four or five day, um, a four, four to five day kind of um, plan with, um, you know, I, I'm, we haven't announced exactly what's going to happen there yet. Uh, we're finalizing everything, but it should be a, it should be in that same kind of spirit that we did in in the past. Okay, cool, very cool. But so obviously, like you said, Banksy has its own community kind of built in already. Um, is there anything, or do you have any ideas of how to go about building that community around the next? work that you do yeah i think so first of all there's you're right banksy has anyway uh everybody knows banksy and i think that was the perfect piece to start with obviously because resonates as well with crypto uh right and and is and is also you know arguably banksy was probably the the person who invented the meme right Uh, this kind of like uh imagery that's very um kind of in your face conveys easily a concept that actually can be quite deep in in terms of in terms of uh you know it's it's, it's meaning so that it's so it, it already had banksy already has of course that the community around him but I, I i think all artists have have that and if they are if you have um if you know enough about that that artist and their ethos and their work then you will automatically feel more more attached to it so the, i think the main thing is education around the work and the artist and that's you know, we want to provide that in um in 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 an enhanced way than what you would if you were just researching uh, online or reading books about an artist. We want to be able to bring you in with, um, you know, uh, having 
art advisors, uh, people who run institutions, collectors, other artists do kind of um, talk talk about their reaction to that artist, that we, the next artist we would drop, for instance. Um, and actually, that's what we're doing in LA, right? In order to build like further build that community around the Banksy, we're getting three or four uh, emerging artists, established but emerging artists, to respond to the work and create new work in response to Banksy's Love is in the Air. That way we can, again, kind of like grow that community around and discussion around what does what does that art mean today? What did it mean when it was um, created, uh, you know, in 2006, I believe. Um, so I think it's that and also these physical experiences. I think that's how we will build these communities on, on, on these artworks. So being able to translate the concepts that are that are that are uh, addressed in the work uh, physically in a, in in a way that's going to get people to uh, associate with it at at a higher level and then talk about it and be able to themselves as well bring more people in um, and 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 I think yeah the best thing we could do would be to offer people an experience and knowledge around the art which allows them to then you know with the network effects talk about it and be excited about the art and get more people. Um, interested in, in in that artist and that work of art specifically. So you mentioned with the Banksy sale, obviously lots of events, um, but you also specifically mentioned with the kind of interactive situation of spray painting on the walls. Is that the sort of thing that you would hope to or plan to do for every additional work in the future? It wouldn't be spray painting if it's not a spray paint sale. Sure, yeah. sure. A hundred percent, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Um, so Particle at this point does only has a secondary market, uh, not a primary market on the, the website itself. Is there a reason behind that? Is that something that will be changing? Uh, so the, the the primary market, if you want, for how I define it is really when we when we drop a new painting, when we drop new 10,000 10, particles or however many it would be. Um, so we have that. It's just uh, right now it's, it's it's closed because we haven't announced our, our next painting. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there, we had plans to right after our, our primary, our drop of Banksy to to launch our own marketplace, um, which we kind of delayed it's still in the works and you know this year we'll 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 definitely launch it um but uh but for now we're just leveraging the 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 secondary marketplaces that support avalanche nfts okay great and that definitely leads me right into the next part so you were actually recommended to come on the venley expert talks by john nahas of avalanche and avalabs um was there any specific reason that you went with avalanche i would say no um a few different reasons. So, mm-hmm. first of all, um, we love the team over there. They bought into the, the to the vision a hundred percent. They they you know they 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 got it when we were, when we when we presented the project to them. Uh, actually, they came to us. Uh, it was um, they, you know it, we could clearly see that it, there was alignment there, and we had a, two other um, EVM blockchains that we were speaking to as well, and that that synergy wasn't quite there um but also you know avalanche loic um so one of the founders of particle he's on the board of oceana um the ocean preservation nonprofit. and uh, for him you know building something sustainable in the long term is very important and avalanche is kind of one of the more eco-friendly um platforms uh and any 
uh, anything they do that may, you know, any carbon they may, they offset any of their, their, their carbon emissions as well. So they're carbon neutral. Um, and that was something that was important um, for Loic. Also, of course, you know, we, the, 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 the easy, let's say the more natural route would have been just go on Ethereum. That's where everything is. Um, but being a, uh, a bigger fish in a big fish in a smaller sea allowed us to, of course, um, you know, leverage that very tight knit community that Avalanche has, has been able to foster and capitalize on that too. And I think, uh, we found a, a relative success there. Awesome. Very good. Um, so at this point, I'd like to switch more to the general idea of fine art as part of the Web3 space. Um, how do you feel this sort of technology affects the art world all the way from the top to the bottom? Is it a positive change for everyone involved or maybe not so much for some? Uh, you know, that's a good question. Is it, uh, I think ultimately, yes, it is a positive change for everyone involved, right? So if you, uh, the, the thing is that the, the, the fine art world is, uh, it's a clique, right? And it's very opaque, very difficult to penetrate and uh, have thrived on this exclusivity really uh, up, up, up to now. And, and, and I think they, they probably still will to a certain extent, but, um, but they, they for me, Everybody would want to have the engagement of a wider audience. Why would you not want that? I mean, from museums to galleries, they're all trying to get more people to come into their institutions and, and interact with their art. Uh, the, 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 you do that by, um, how do you say? You can do that by um, adding, to the, the, adding to the experience that you have when experiencing this art. Uh, I think that our way of of uh of democratizing that that fine art experience and that extra piece of the puzzle right is one way of doing it i think there's there's probably some other ways as well um on the artist side you know working with artists to be able to give them back a percentage of of the of of the um, the sales that are done on the secondary market for their art that's what this tech would allow them to do as well so on the artist side it's definitely positive um, and really have a forum for people to do, be able to talk about the art, experience the art in new, unique, innovative ways that that they didn't have, you don't have right now. Um, but once again, I understand the um, you, you have. So we speak to a lot of people in the in the traditional art world, um, from galleries to museums to auction houses, artists, um, you know, gallerists, and and you know you have some that are more uh cagey about what they're you know about being able to change their ways and others that are embracing it the majority right now are a little reticent because they don't know what is this going to open the doors for um it's difficult to to change their minds but i think we're that's that's what we're trying to do right and in order to do that we need to solidify ourselves as being a major player in the traditional art world as well as in the the crypto world so it's it's a it's kind of a it's a big task how do you do it in the in the traditional art world in this case well really it's being able to uh i think have this world-class collection of art we start with this banksy now difficult for us with the banksy because actually banksy is not that well received in the traditional art world he's kind of an anti-establishment he doesn't work with galleries doesn't work with museums so that that's a, a challenge in itself 
But as we're going to add major works of art to the collection, it's going to become uh, easier for us, I think, to have a to to have a, a seat at the table in that world, and then you know change it slowly. Um, thankfully, we have you know experts on our team that are already embedded there. So, um, but the idea is really to do that so that everybody is happy. We don't want to force anything on on anyone. I don't think it's necessary. I think it's going to happen organically. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. So you mentioned, obviously, that this is generally a good thing for artists as they can continue to make money off of their art um, and maybe even more than they would have through a gallery or traditional sale. Um, Do you think that will change how artists think about their art and think about creating their art? Uh, Perhaps. I mean, you have uh, you have a lot of now of of tradi- you know traditional artists that are looking into how do I I'd like to I'd like to um, get into digital art. How do I translate my art digitally? Uh, it's not what we're doing, right? It wouldn't be just um, particleizing their you know works from the past. But there's a lot of artists that are actively looking to. Um, uh, to do that, you have uh, Jeff Koons, who's the, who's doing something with, uh, I believe it's Pace Gallery. Um, you have um, Damien Hurst, who's done that with Currency, um, which uh, you know it, it, it's just a. There's definitely some. It's definitely getting artists, I think, to think about how how their art can evolve using this new technology for sure. Yeah. Okay. It's a big question. It was a very good answer. Awesome. Um, can you think of any other possibilities, any other use cases for art and Web3 besides selling NFTs? I, I, I would say it's focused around the, the community, really. Uh, I think that's, okay. that's, the, that's the, the, the most interesting thing about the Web3 space is that the emphasis really is on the audience, the community, the consumer, um, and uh, and and like I was saying earlier, you know, with with fine art, you, you you it's not often that you're able to experience that whole um, mix of people that associate with similar concepts. And uh, um, if we're able to, with the use of um, NFTs, with the use of uh, you know. In, in the near future, right, a metaverse presence, at least for Particle and others, uh, to gather people from different walks of life and uh, and experience the art in new ways and be able to talk about it. Um, I think that's um, that, that's a yeah major use case and and something that it would, is benefits everyone. Mm-hmm. So as you've mentioned, with the particles of each artwork. Um, Obviously, that's an improvement over just storing them in a warehouse somewhere. Um, if I were to own one particle of an artwork, can I showcase it as a co-owner? Or what can I do with that? What are the boundaries? What are the limitations? You can. You can showcase your particle, your collector's card, 100%. We're working now on ways ourselves to, how if you own more than one, how are you able to showcase that you own more than one without having to show your 10 collector's cards right is there is there more uh, creative way of, of, of displaying that there definitely is that's what we're working on right but um but yes you 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 can absolutely show as being a co-owner of the art you are the collective of particle holders are the only non-charitable owners of the art 
So you have the 10,000 NFTs um, and their holders, and then you have the foundation. Those are the only two entities, or the only two groups that own the art. Um, which maybe I can explain how the, the fraction light, how, how do we see this? How, how have we gone about the particleization process? So, you know, if we go first to the two main goals, right? Number one is to have people gain that ownership experience of the art. Number two is we need to make sure that the art is in a structure that forever maintain, maintains it, right? So how we've come up with that is we've, we, we, we set up um, a nonprofit foundation called the Particle Foundation. It's a 501c3 public nonprofit. And, uh, or let me take a step back actually, and start with, uh, burnt, burnt Banksy. I don't know if you have heard of it. Um, so it's, um, burnt Banksy, like, uh, last year, this group of people bought a, a Banksy at a, a gallery in New York and they said, you know what, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to put it on the blockchain and they tokenized it into one NFT. And then they physically like, actually lit it on fire, the physical one, and they burnt it. And that was because, you know, the, 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 the value of the art cannot be in two different places. You can't have the NFT and the physical. And so this is how, so we came about, we came up with a structure by looking at this and saying, well, this is for us, this is completely unethical, um, to destroy, uh, you know, a cultural piece, uh, yeah, piece of culture. Um, so how do we, how do we do that? We decided to, so we place the physical works of art in this nonprofit, which in theory, which practically means that the value in the public market of the of the uh, of the physical painting is eviscerated, because no no one person is ever going to be able to profit from the sale of this of this work of art, and the the foundation in its bylaws will not sell the work of art. If it would, nobody would be able to profit from it because it's in this nonprofit structure. Then you have these NFTs. The particles, which represent, uh, uh, you know, minority ownership in the in the um, in in the art, and that's where, in theory, you know, that's 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 what we're saying is that the value can be considered transmuted into the the particles that are uh, openly tradable, collectible, and, and 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 are liquid, if you want. So to close that ownership loop, right? You own the collectible digital index of the art and are able to trade it openly on secondary markets and, 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 and benefit from its liquidity. And then you exert your, uh, you exert your ownership over the physical works of art by governance of that foundation. And right now it's being done through your NFT. So like I said, people voted with their, with their particles on, uh, where they wanted the next exhibit to be. Um, but soon we're, we're, we're going to be launching a, a new kind of governance structure to allow people to directly govern, uh, the nonprofit and be able to make, uh, decisions on the future of that collection. And for me, that's massive because you're going, we're going to be opening up the decision-making at the highest echelon of the art world to a huge amount of people. Whereas, uh, before it was really, uh, you know, restricted to a, a, a very select few. Now, you know, this process should take some time because we're dealing with, you know, once again, a nonprofit, uh, a foundation that needs to have the expertise to maintain the art, preserve it, tour it uh, um, uh, efficiently. Um, but I think, you know, that transition is going to, in, there needs to be a transitionary period. Uh, but once it happens, then you have a community powered 
museum with uh, with an incredible collection. Awesome. Yeah, that was yeah, really really great explanation. Thank you. It would be very interesting to see what the governing body decides to do. I'm I'm interested in in how the future of particle <laughs> will develop. So, cool. I guess right now then where is that Banksy piece right now? What are you, what are you doing with the physical artwork currently? Can I know that? Yeah, good question. So right, well, right now uh, it is in storage <laughs> <laughs> because we just uh, you know we just we just launched in um, in, uh, in at the end of January, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, we we needed to come up with a an uh, an efficient way of having it consistently exposed. Right, it's very exhibited. It's very costly to move uh high value paintings uh insurance wise logistics wise um security wise as well when whenever it's being exhibited you need to have 24 hour security around it and so we need to we need to find a, a, a an intelligent way of of doing that and i think we, so what we've come up with so far is and that can be changed right because people can once they govern the foundation that 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 way of you know it's it's all up for grabs really but um, right now it is that once it's going to be in LA, uh, that's going to be the next time it's exhibited, the first week of June. And after that, every quarter, we're going to be exhibiting it, exhibiting it in a different part of the world. Uh, and these, these exhibits are going to, the, the part, the, the kind of, the ones that are, that are, um, set up by the foundation, they're going to last, call it four days to two weeks. And in the interim, we would like to have it in, um, uh, in, in, in locations that are, you know, for instance, loaning them to museums, uh, loaning them to galleries. So if we move it to Europe, there's going to be a vote for a European city. It's sitting in one or two, uh, one after the other, obviously, um, museums in Europe. So that then it's easy for us to move them to the locations that people voted for the exhibit to be, uh, you know, a couple hours uh, flight or cargo um, to get it there rather than having to move it every time people vote across the world every single time. So we tour it around the world in that way. What that allows us to do as well is to partner with museums and galleries and offer access to those institutions to the particle collectors. What we want to make sure is that these particles, not only are there your, your ownership in the work of art and your, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, not only are there your, your, yeah, a representation of your ownership in, in the, the work of art, but they're also your ticket into the art world. Um, and that's something that we're building over time, right? It's going to be to have this n- network of partner museums and institutions that, you're, you know, every time, if you have a particle, you have access to it. You have access to exclusive events there. You have free access to these museums. You, are, you have access to uh, advisors, um, talks and, and, and events with collectors and and artists and, um, and, and, and try to, to make that whole space more, more inclusive, uh, by, you know, by using the, the, the particle, your NFT as, as your ticket to it. So uh, two birds, one stone there, if we can, and, and, and of course, as our collection grows and as we have more important works in that collection, the more the doors open for us in the, in that world. Definitely. What would you say is the biggest hurdle with investing in particles, um, right now uh so i I would say for particle 
itself for our use case, right? Sure. The, okay. The biggest hurdle is really communication of this new narrative of ownership, um, especially when all the hype is really right now on the kind of degen PFP projects um, that you know pump massively and people really see as a as a good way of making money quick, right? Many say that they're in it for the for the community, and I, but I think very few actually are, or more it's that. Very few projects have managed to create the framework for the people to actually be there for the community and the and, and, and the art itself. Um, and ours is a much is is a different application of NFTs. That's you know I think the, if compared directly to a PFP project to a Moonbirds or or a Board Ape, it's never going to be as appealing to someone who's trying to flip or or, or make money quick. The, the long-winded way of explaining this new narrative of ownership, uh, which I've kind of tried to do here, it's a tough one. And there's a risk, of course, that certain key elements are lost when the story is condensed uh, in outward-facing comms, uh, which can lead to, to confusion about what you're doing, etc. Um, you know, I'm, I'm being very transparent with you here. The, the, um, the, uh, the NFT the whole idea of an NFT and ownership is really that you own that token and whatever it is held in the metadata of that token. So I can buy a house, I can pay off my mortgage completely, but if I don't pay my Royal, my um, uh, real estate taxes, uh, you know, state can come and take my house away. So I don't actually own it, even though I've paid it in cash, for instance. Um, so we're, we're telling you that within our new narrative of ownership, you own the arts, but the majority of the rights are within the nonprofit foundation. Why? Because the foundation has to pay for the logistics, the insurance, the security of the art has to be stewards of the art to perpetuity. And you, but you get to control that via the governance of that foundation. Uh, so communicating this new narrative of ownership is the, the, the most, the biggest hurdle really that, that I have in, um, in kind of, um, this whole kind of particle project. Okay. So just the knowledge, I think the it's understanding a of it. It's a communication yeah. piece that we, that we need to work on. And, and obviously we can leverage the, the community that we have who understand this, uh, the, the, this, uh, these concepts and, and help kind of explain them to newcomers who come in. Yeah, definitely. Very good. Um, taking that into account, do you believe that we will ever get to a point where more fine art or the most expensive fine art or whatever it may be is being sold as NFTs more than not? It's a good question. I, I, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, have, I don't have the answer to that. I, I, I would like to say I, I, I don't know. Potentially mm -hmm. for traceability prov provenance purposes, it'd be a good way of tracking these things. Um, I don't think all art, definitely not all art will be um, particleized or fractionalized like, uh, like, like we're doing, right. It's because, you know, some people want to have the art, of course, in their, in the physical piece in their, in their home. Um, but, um, uh, but definitely you have some, uh, some galleries and, and auction houses that are working to sell physical works with an accom accompanying NFT, uh, for, I think, I believe those purposes. So honor Fraser gallery is, is, is doing that. Um, and we know of two other major auction houses working on selling these physical works with, with NFTs. Um, but, um, in terms of, you know, fractionalizing physical works into NFTs, 
you know, the way that we're doing them, um, we're speaking to auction houses right now that are, and museums that are interested in exploring that option. Um, and we'll see how that materializes. materializes. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Thanks for your honesty. <laughs> um, very good. So then what would you say, what would be a tip or a little piece of knowledge you would give to artists about selling their fine art as NFTs? As particles. As particles, as full NFTs, whatever you feel you can speak to here. Um, I mean, it's it, 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 those would be two different questions. If you do, you know, I mean, uh, having a, a one-of-one NFT is a bit like having a you know, a single physical work of art. If, if mm-hmm. artists want to do a, um, a series of uh, 5,000 uh, works of art, right? I think it's, it's, it's a delicate one because in the fine art world, exclusivity and owner curation is really a thing, right? Even with emerging artists, their galleries, they'll be very picky on who they will sell their, their artists' art to. Um, uh, you know, what, what collection do you have? What is in your, what's, what's your network? before they'll even sell you uh, the art, right? So there's long wait lists, et cetera. It's all about placing your art in the right places to build up the clout of, mm-hmm. of, of that artist. Um, major artists and their foundations, those kind of big established ones, are also very cagey about what is being done with their art. So uh, what I would want to say to, to artists who want to get into the NFT space or want to, you know, particleize their work or, or thinking about it is really you have a group of people who are passionate about your art. They want to own a piece of it or all of it and call it theirs. Most artists, they, they do this um, for the benefit of humanity to address, you know, um, con- like, you know, relevant concepts or, 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 or historical uh, concepts, etc. And they don't do this purely for commercial pur- purposes. It's really a, a reflection of culture. And so um, I think with, um, by 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 particleizing your work you're able to achieve this uh this at a greater scale you're able to propagate your message through your art to more people uh and have those people as well have a forum to come together and discuss your art and uh and and i think that's ultimately the goal of most of these artists but in order to make it if you want quote unquote in the art world you need to go through the motions of there's only these collectors that have my art and now I can move to a gallery and now I'm have a museum show. And so how much of that can we skip by going through the particleization process? Um, we have yet to see, but, uh, but also, um, you know, for, for artists that like to sell, uh, sell their art as, as NFTs, um, really it's also a good way for them to not be cut out of these secondary market um, sales. Uh, we're in a unique position to protect that by having, we have our foundation, which preserves the art. We'll never sell it. And also that foundation has the ability to place uh, these works of art in context alongside other major works of art in a coherent way, which um, that's what artists want, right? Their art to be within, you know, in, in, the, in the presence of other art, artists and artworks that, they, that, that are relevant. Um, but also with that liquidity of, so they have the, the protection that their art is going to be in a, uh, world-class collection of art, first of all, which is a major, um, concern. And the second thing is that with the liquidity being in the NFTs, they're going to be able to benefit from the resale of their art. So if, if a gallery sells, 
uh, an artist's uh, work once that's all the money the artist is going to see it then sells for 50 times that amount at auction the artist doesn't see any of of uh, of that so um you know that that'll be a way for them to be able to uh to also get get a get a cut off of uh off of the appreciation of their art definitely definitely lots of good reasons to to do it then it seems like <laughs> awesome yeah i think so i think so it's for, for those that are that are interested in doing the, in doing it you know I, there's uh s- s- some just are not or maybe they don't understand it yet or they don't see the value in it yet um but you can be very creative with um with what you do with uh it, it, when you when you move into the digital space you can be extremely creative uh i'll i'll shout out um one um uh, project. Well, I mentioned it. Sorry, Damien Hurst, right? What traditional major artist? What did he do? He did ten thousand NFTs of that actually had uh, an, an equivalent physical painting, and they're all um, A4 paintings of, of different colored dots. If you want, it's called currency collection. And uh, the creativity there is that you have a year to redeem your NFT for the physical work of art. After a year, he's going to publicly display all the physical works of art that haven't been redeemed. And then you're going to have some of some of them out in circulation physically and the rest are going to forever remain NFTs. Um, so, you know, there's these kind of uh, different, different creative ways you can engage with your audience um, when you start moving into the digital world. And, and then there's ways to bridge that gap with the physical. We're doing that via, you know, the governance of a, of a people powered museum uh, and others are doing in in, yeah, in different ways. Definitely. Cool. All right. Um, that pretty much wraps me up. Is there anything you would like to put in here at the end? Anything to plug? Um, no. I, well, the, the thing to plug, so we have a lot of announcements that are coming soon. Um, but, uh, but, but the, 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 um, the one that's most relevant right now that we can that we can kind of disclose is our is our event in uh, in in LA the first week of June. Uh, we're going to be exhibiting um, Banksy's Lovers in the Air. Um, I really can't stress how different the experience is in person, which is why we're putting so much emphasis on physical events. Um, it's a beautiful work of art. It it resonates with a lot of people, uh, and uh, and we're going to have three or four artists, like I said, respond to the to to the work. And uh, and host uh, a series of events over a period of uh, five days or a week uh, on that first week of June. So if you head to our um, Discord or Twitter or on our website, we're going to have announcements around that uh, starting next week. I don't know when this podcast comes out, but it'll be first week of May is when we're going to yeah we're announcing it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, we'll put links to your Discord and Twitter and everything in the show notes, so people can definitely check there. So. Cool. Um, and then last question, who should we have on Benley Expert Talks next? Uh, so I, we actually offered, um, so there's a, there's a, there's a kind of a, a company called TR Lab, uh, which is run by uh, someone called Audrey. And they are also in the, you know, they're also bridging that physical and digital art space. Uh, the most recent project that they've uh, that they've launched is from a Chinese artist called Tai Guo Chang. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, it's called Your Daytime Fireworks, and he's a, an artist that's um, actually there's a really great documentary on Netflix uh, about him, so I would recommend everyone see that. But really, he's um, he's uh, 
he works with gunpowder and fireworks as like his medium for his art. And um, what he's done here is is, uh, is is an NFT collection where you buy a pack of fireworks. Um, so that was last week. Everyone could buy them. And I think it was starting on Monday or, or anyway, this weekend. You have 45 days to set off your fireworks. And every day there are different conditions that are offered to you. So and different cities and different cities have different regulations for how you're you know how high you can shoot your firework and etc so for instance it could be today it's uh the uk it's cloudy it's two degrees and it's windy and you can choose to set up your firework there and so actually the the attributes of your nft of your yeah your you know the, the rarity if you want of your of your nft is going to depend on when you actually set off your firework so you have an active participation to when that happens, which I thought was really cool. We, we managed to, they gave us some um, 50 allow list spots for, um, for their, for the, the, for our community. Uh, and that's how I got, that's how I got to know that project, but I would, um, I would definitely have Audrey on here. She's, uh, she's very knowledgeable and, uh, and is, uh, and she's great. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, we'll work on that then. Thank you so, so much for coming and talking to me and taking your time. And yeah, I look forward to, like I said, seeing what Particle does in the future. Yeah.